Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people that do amazing things. And I had you two solo, but I had to get you two together because I want to know how the magic works and makes sense. Mm. So I have Amy Cunningham and Johnson Foster, and together, you guys are Thief and Bandit. And I just had a weird question. Like, who is the thief and who is the bandit? <laughs> the classic question. That doesn't have an answer. It doesn't have an answer. We've been trying to answer that since day one. Um, it, it's, uh, it's anonymous, I think. It's like, it depends on what day it is, probably. <laughs> How did you two meet? Uh, we met at, in New York City in 2002. 2002. In the front of the Virgin Mega Store in Union Square. Oh! Yeah. Like, uh, what were you going... Who was going where? So, when I when I moved to New York, I knew no one. I went to art school, um, grad school, at Parsons School of Design. And I was randomly paired with a roommate. And she, um, she was from Virginia, from Richmond. And she said... Uh, I want to introduce you to my two friends who are here in art school as well. And um, she was like, Johnston and Andy. And she was like, they're going to love you. And I was like, okay. And then I saw him and I was like, oh, hmm. <laughs> I like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> was he in the same school? No, I had been living in the city for a little over a year. I'd moved in 2001, this, the end of the summer there, to go to school at Hunter College. Mm. So I had spent a year in the city and that summer working, and we lived in Brooklyn. And then our friend Candace, who I went to undergrad school with in Virginia, Jamie had said, she came up, she took a year off. She came up a year later to Parsons. And like Amy said, they were randomly paired together as roommates. Mm -hmm. So within the first semester, we started, We of course, we met up with Candace because she was a close friend of ours. And Amy fell right into the Virginia gang that was <laughs> rolling around in the city together. And um, we were pretty much took a few weeks of uh, getting the nerve up to uh, ask her out. She still gives me a hard time about that. what took you so long. But um, yeah, we've been together ever since. So it's been, you know, going on almost 20 years of being together. How do you know? I mean, I don't want to say like she was the one or whatever, but like, how did you know that you wanted to be with her? Uh, that Canadian charm. <laughs> and she, you? Uh, the Virginian charm. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, you want to say something. Oh, I know. I mean, I was immediately smitten. I'll, I'll admit it. You know, it didn't take much to uh, for me to be to enter her. And she was, I mean, you know, she was new to the city. And she wanted to meet new people. She was outgoing, easy to talk to. And she was... We immediately, like, you know, after meeting her, we went to the studios. I don't think it was the first night we met, but we went and yeah. visited the studios, which was right by Union Square. And they lived two or three blocks north of Union Square. And they live right in the middle of Manhattan. Hmm. So we went and visited the studios at Parsons. And immediately I was like, this girl's mega talented. Like, I love her painting and her drawing. And, like, she had moved to the city and had spent the first couple of weeks not knowing many people and she was just working 
her ass off in the studio. Like, mm. and it was filled with amazing paintings. And I was just taken by the talent and just, like, she was driven. Uh, and so that was really cool. And she, we were all just like art nerds, you know, and excited mm -hmm. to be young and living in the city. And we had such a good time. And like, mm -hmm. I, you know, like I said, we, I moved up to the city with a bunch of my friends from new, from Virginia. So we were all very tight. So, but she fell right into our crowd and we just spent the next four years just having a blast living and working and learning in the city. And it was mm -hmm quite an experience and it was the same for me like when I first went to his studio I was like what like who is this guy because his work was so like insane you know the first thing I saw was the mini couch he made a mini a, a miniature couch like maybe a third of the size of a real couch mm -hmm. like upholstered and everything and there was a a bong sitting on it just smoking continuously oh. like the bong was sitting on the and it was it was an orange like 70s couch with like a giant purple bong and so that was one of the the art pieces and i was like what is this <laughs> and then he had on the wall um a poster of britney spears on the beach you know Whoa. seductively and it was it had a little mechanism in the back which um pushed the poster out so it looked like it was, was it was waving, and I just remember being like, "Who is this guy? Like, this is the craziest <laughs> art I've ever seen, and I love it." So I like I fell in love with his art too. Like mm. again, it's that art, like artist sensibility, and all of his friends—they're all just so kind and cool and welcoming. And I, I was, I felt so lucky to like come. It was scary moving to New York City and not knowing anyone, mm -hmm. and then I got this like really great crew of, of people to hang out with yeah. so you spent four years there in in doing your art school uh I, you mentioned when we talked that you lived in virginia for a while like did you move together to virginia or yeah yeah we well he moved down a little sooner than i did well she we we were both in grad school and i was going to, gr to grad school part-time and so Amy was in full time. So she finished her program in two years. And so her, the, my last year of school, she worked and just, she got a job as a, a babysitter, mm. like a nanny and, uh, worked in her studio and I finished school. And then when we were, when I was finally done with school, she wanted to leave. She, I think she was kind of like, it's time to roll out. Like I've, New York has been fun, but it's time to like change gears and it's, let's try something different. Mm -hmm. So we moved to New Brunswick and her parents had a small unwinterized cottage in the middle of New Brunswick. And we packed up my parents' station wagon, which they let me borrow. <laughs> and we moved to New Brunswick to this cottage that was pretty much a glorified shack where I think it was awesome and her parents had built a garage to keep her dad's uh ski boat in mm. so we spent the fall and the winter hanging out in this place like down by the water and like just making stuff and just we kind of it was kind of like escape from New York yeah so. but like so how wasn't he cold because he said he was oh it's freezing <laughs> um and we got there and here we are like city, like, you know, we're right. living in the city. We go from literally the most extreme opposite of living in Brooklyn and Manhattan to the middle of New Brunswick. Um, and, you know, I had not 
was it used you know we had to like you know make sure the pipes didn't freeze and which they did oh my and also all, it was all this like learning curve of being out in the country right and um we went away for christmas and we came back and i had failed to drain the pipes so the plumbing had frozen so we ended up like <laughs> we built an outhouse right in the yeah. shack and we had no running water so we were having to like bring the water in and the 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 uh driveway that came down to the cottage which is about like half a mile would was snowed in during the winter so yeah. we would have to park the car up on the main road okay. and like hike snowshoe yeah. in <laughs> so it was like this amazing but pretty wild two years we, we took a break in the summer and we i went back to new york to work on a project and she went back to ontario to work with her father and live at home for a while and then we came back but uh it was this crazy sort of trial by fire in you know living in the country mm. and it really was i think like the test of our relationship i was gonna was uh, how did like did i i mean he brought you close up but like how was how did you handle that amy um I mean, we had our moments, I, you know, but we, yeah, I remember thinking like, wow, if we can do this together, then I think we could like be together for life. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. This is kind of crazy. And our, our closest neighbor was like a 90 year old man who lived at the top of the hill, who was very interested in what we were up to <laughs> and like always needed me to help him chop wood and things like that. But that was about it. So mm. it was. My, my grandparents lived they just lived... like half hour away. So yeah. we did see some people. Mm. And then eventually we did make friends with a couple up the road, um, which they let us take showers at their house and stuff. So. Gosh, <laughs> that is is an experience well yeah it was it was pretty magical though because we got to make art the whole time mm. um and uh you know that you can't really do that often luckily then like you might think like well how did they afford to just not just like live out in the woods but he uh, sold some pieces in new york and we were living off that money mm. so it was uh it was pretty sweet and then what what's it next from new brunswick well, we lived in New Brunswick for the two years, and like I took a summer and lived in New York, and then we came back to the city, and then we were we got engaged while we were out in the the cabin. What was the, the story cottage. of engagement? Any story there? It, she would say it was pretty unremarkable. <laughs> I was basically like, "Look, um, when are you gonna, gonna like? Have... When are you gonna ask me to marry me? Because like, pretty soon you're gonna have to go back to the United States. Like, you can't be here forever." <laughs> But yeah, he he asked me, and it was it was great. I mean, you know, it it was a little unremarkable, but that's okay. <laughs> I think we made up for it. We made up for it, you know. Uh, but so we got engaged and then we were, I think the following year we had scheduled to get married mm. and we were going to get married in New Brunswick. And like, we, you know, had all of our friends and family travel up across the border and, um, and, but I had gone home in the intermediate time in 2007 just to, I was actually went home to work on a project because my time in Canada was kind of like running out and I was in need of a studio and, I went and was living with my parents and I went back and visited where I went to school, my alma mater at Virginia Commonwealth University. And I was down in the sculpture department, just, you know, saying hello to old, my old teachers and colleagues. And just randomly the, at the time, the program manager, like, and secretary sort of ran the infrastructure of the program was like, do you 
do you need a job? And I was like, yeah, yes, I do. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, well, you want to teach a summer school class? And so, and then like the phone rang and the head of the department was on the other line. And she was like, I think I found your summer school teacher. Do, what do you think? And she's like, of course, hire him. And then, so I walked out with the, with the job teaching the summer school. And then they invited me back for the fall. Mm. And then I got a job that was in the sculpture department. And then I got a job teaching two classes in the art foundation with the freshmen. So I call up Amy and I'm like, I just got hired. Like my plan was not to stay in Virginia. Mm. We really didn't know what we were going to do. And so we decided after we got married, we would move to Virginia and I would teach. And we sort of were like, well, this is, you know, cause I couldn't live. I mean, I had sold some work and I was lucky to be showing my work and represented by a gallery and all Mm -hmm. that, but not enough to, pay the bills and live off of it completely. Right. And she was working at home, living at home. And so we were trying to figure out like, what should we do? And so after we got married, we literally like hung out for a week in New Brunswick, packed up that same station wagon and drove it back to Virginia with our dog and all of our belongings. Mm -hmm. And, um, moved into an apartment and meet like literally I had like I think two days between us moving to Virginia and class started. Whoa. So we were like thrown back into that. And then, she was not a permanent resident yet, so she was, wasn't able to work and was basically hanging out and mm. making art and things like that on her own and eventually got her residency and started working, eventually started teaching with me as well. So that's oh. what led us back to Virginia. And how long were you in Virginia for? Five years. Five years, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and that's when you kind of, st- that, that's when you had Wolfgang and mm-hmm. started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, was he doing anything for Thief and Bandit then? No, no. So, like, in that downtime where I was kind of waiting for my residency because I couldn't work legally, Mm. I was in my studio making stuff. And that's when I was in the T-shirt art show and then Mm. started learn how to screen print. And, um, yeah, like, again, we got to Virginia and a lot of the friends that weren't his friends that weren't in New York were there. So, uh, again, there was this great, like, little artist community there that we fell into right away. Um, and, uh, yeah, like a lot of our friends were playing in bands and like when I told you that my friend helped me learn how to screen print, we were actually screen printing posters for her, her boyfriend's band. So oh. it was kind of that whole, like, again, Wait, just kind of I thought you only do it on t- on like fabric. You could do it on anything. Oh yeah. Screen printing. Oh, okay. On, on anything. Yeah. I didn't know that. Any flat surface. <laughs> oh, as long as, oh, yeah. hmm. <laughs> okay yeah. and, and then when did <clears throat> johnson stop printing like was that you was said when that was the long lincoln here. person yeah that was when we moved here yeah because at that point you know he couldn't work because he was waiting oh yeah i had very little to do with thief and bandit in its early days in virginia and mm. like there, i mean there was the early days when she was making jewelry on our coffee table in our apartment and I would, she'd be at the restaurant waiting tables and I would be, you know, threading beads onto necklaces and things like that just to fill an order for her. But I was very, I creatively wasn't a part of it. I was sort of like just helping her out and mm-hmm. I was helping her we would go to the craft shows and I would help run the booth and run things and, you know, things like that. But as a part of the production, I, I had nothing to do with it because I was busy teaching and I was busy working on my own deadlines for my own art projects. Mm. So, and I always kind of sort of separated myself from it a bit because I was like, that's Amy's thing and she's calling the shots and she knew it's her vision. And mm. I, I was busy, 
but it, we were living in it. You know, we shared a studio and eventually we moved into a home where the house was the top floor of the house was Amy's Thief and Bandit sh- sew shop. So it was, um, I was around it a lot, but it wasn't until we moved to back to Canada and I had no residency status and we were pushing into this new, you know, developing the print table that we spoke about and that she spoke about in the last podcast. So, so yeah, talk me, like you said, it was someone that walked on Lincoln, like the film. Yeah. So we met this guy and I think we were, it was all through, we needed someone to expose screens for us to burn the screens, to make the prints. Mm -hmm. And we were told that there was a guy in a neighborhood that I actually had a studio in that he could do it for us. And really sweet guy. And he took us into our shop and we were just blown. We had no idea what we were walking into. Mm. And he had moved his business from California. It was his father's business. And they were in the historic archival um, wallpaper business. And they would recreate historic and antique wallpapers for, you know, collectors or just interior designers. Mm. But they also did film work. And while the last couple of years we were in Richmond, they were filming, Spielberg was filming his movie Lincoln. And that movie was, it's crazy the level of detail that they would get into. Like they took like these grainy tintype photos mm. and they were like, can you recreate the, that fab, the, that wallpaper, which you can't even tell what's going on. And the guy made it and he made all the wallpaper for the entire film. Mm. So we went in there while they were doing this production and we saw these, he had a, like three 50 foot long tables that they were going down at with these screens. And Amy and I were like, our eyeballs just like, we're like, whoa, we could, what if we did this? Mm. And so we made the decision to leave Virginia and we knew that I wasn't going to be able to work when we got there. And she saw this table method and her ideas just went crazy with the potential She's like, I can make ball gowns with this stuff. Like we can make the biggest like prints ever. So when that opened up, her vision of the brand really mm-hmm. opened up and her in the imagery really expanded as well. And so when we moved up here, like we together kind of took that guy's method of making the wallpaper and hacked it into our version of the fabric printing mm-hmm. with its trials and tribulations for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And that, that so that's when you had the garage with the with the with the thing. Mm-hmm. Did were you still like at what point did you start now gathering um trash to make your art? Within like my whole process? No, or, like when you moved oh, here. Yeah. Oh well it was interesting because we moved to in we had our home that we moved into, we built the garage because we needed a space for mm-hmm. the print table. And that was pretty much the designated print room. There was a small shed that came with the house and there's a little like you know i wouldn't even call it a basement and more like a hunched over like (laughs) space and i kind of had was working between those it was limited and i was gathering materials and Mm. i had kind of scaled down my my tools and things when i moved up here just to make the move easier Mm. so i was working out of a small shed and eventually that shed we got rid of that shed and I rebuilt a bigger shed that was probably two or three times bigger than that, but it was still pretty small. Um, and I was like pretty limited in the space I was working in. Eventually I rented a space in Spryfield and outside of Halifax. And I kind of had some like temporary spaces that I rented or was working at home. But eventually the last couple of years we built another extension to the house 
that became my permanent studio. And then the upstairs is sort of like a multi-purpose room for like Amy's photo studio, her office, like a guest room, sort of like a playroom for the kids. And Amy, um, you know, so you you have all this creative side, but when we're talking, it's almost as if whenever you're pregnant, you need to do something. Mm-hmm. How, like, d- do you two handle, because you have three boys now, mm-hmm. and the business, how, how do you handle that? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. We just do. I I mean, you just do it. Like you, you, you one moment at a time. Yeah, you know they're they're they've grown up with us. <laughs> they they know that we're always have a project going. We're always working. Um, but we've always sort of told them like you're lucky because we are home a lot. Mm. You know, we might be working on our own thing, but like we're here. You know, and we were for a long time. We were. I was there all the time, you know, and there to pick them up from school. And um, I was always home, right? But, I mean, they're really good kids and they're really creative too. And they just, they understand. I mean, the, the, I think that the struggle that Johnston and I have had over the years is just who gets time to work in their studio when. Oh. You know, like, and, and, and there's always like, you know, uh, I got a million things on the go, always, you know, and. And he's always got projects that he wants to work on, too. So, mm. you know, there have been some moments where it's like, okay, go work in your studio. I'll do this, mm. you know. And it, it there can be some animosity there, <laughs> for sure. Um, and now... Well, we've made it, like, it's... We've we've adapted, you know. Like, I mean, it's there, there's definitely a push and a pull. And we definitely have our moments of finding balance. But I think that we've we've achieved some singularity in it where it's like, we know when the other needs what they need and we can balance it. Well, we both understand that we both have these projects and we want to get them done. And we believe in each other too, you know, Mm. and it's like, I am the biggest fan of his art, you know, and, and I want him to be able to do what he needs to do but there's also the element of well we need to make money you know and like uh, he's an excellent screen printer the best screen printer we've ever had you know and like he uh, <laughs> second. maybe second i don't know <laughs> that was pretty great but yeah you know like there's just that kind of element of like okay well we need to make money we need to keep this family supported you know but we also there's these creative projects you know because like with thief and bandit there is a a steady ish income that comes with that because it's a business and we sell things regularly mm-hmm. with Johnston's art. It's more difficult, you know, um, like he, he, you have to really, it's difficult to, 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 to sell a, a big sculpture, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's not that easy. So a lot of times thief and bandit sort of comes first. Mm. And I know that's difficult for Johnston because he wants to, you know, he needs to have that creative void fulfilled you know and so i'm like now that thief and band is becoming uh like we've got a really great staff and things seem to be going well and we're now training new screen printers i'm hoping that with the um, launch of the new shop the the concept shop we'll Mm -hmm. be able to move some more of his art so he can start focusing more on on his work Mm. um that we'll see how it goes. I mean, it, it, this is definitely a, the, the concept shop is a very collaborative thing. And, um, him and I have a lot in common. Obviously our, our work is 
uses a lot of the same like iconography and everything. We're always inspired by one another. So I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be it's a really cool like collaborative next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, at what point did you officially get on Thief and Bandit? Like, was that once the table was in the garage or when you moved into the shop? Yeah, I mean, it's since we moved up here pretty much. Mm. I mean, it was sort of like we moved the business up here. We didn't start over from scratch, but there was a whole infrastructure that had to be reset up. And this whole printing method was brand new. So Mm. I was, Amy kind of set it up. And then I took it over and fine-tuned it over the years with the help of some really great screen printers that we found from NASCAD, basically. Um, and I, Because I have no screen printing. I mean, I screen printed like for a third of a semester in a, wow. in a printmaking class when I was an undergrad. It was like an intro to, introduction to printmaking. And for six weeks, I screen printed. <laughs> I never touched it again. So when I came up here, it was really learning from scratch mm. and getting reacquainted with it. And it's a very different process from what, from how I make my sculpture and my mm. art, right? So, mm. but it was also really fascinating to me. And it was also like kind of out of my comfort zone, but it was repetitive and almost meditative in the sense of like the way I like my sculpture to be. Mm. And I looked at it as a temporary thing at first. Like once I get this on, get it up on up and running, I'm going to like step back and go back to my sculpture. But it kind of goes in phases and it's like, I'll have a project that comes up and we figure out how to balance it and we get some help or I just work nights in my studio or I print all day and you know, it's, it, it, it we make it work. But it's funny because like I was getting anxious about switching the roles and not printing anymore and you know feeling i'll be honest feeling a little bit of resentment that my time was being wasn't mine Mm. but as soon as we started like well he was like well i'm gonna get an i'm gonna replace get a new replacement i'm gonna get a screen printer so you don't have to worry about this and then i was like i don't don't, i'm not ready to let go of that like i had i didn't realize how personal and attached i had gotten to the printing process and how much i like it you know Mm. and it's a bit of a love-hate relationship because it's sometimes it's really annoying but because it's just like so precise sometimes and i'm not the most precise person but i've gotten to where i really love the process Mm. and like the last year or so I, especially during, it's weird because during COVID I was down at the studio for six months by myself printing all day long. And I think I got finally after eight years of doing it, I got really good at it. <laughs> I, took, I mean, I got, be- I'll say I got better at it, but I've had a lot of assistance from our former screen printers that mm. were actually went to school for printmaking and I learned a lot from them. Right. But so like, I really, now I kind of in the last year, two years, three years, I pro- I feel so much more a part of the brand, mm. and rather than just like a hired hand, I'm like I feel like I'm a part of her vision, and it's more of a shared uh, collaboration rather mm. than just me working for her, you know. And I always say, oh, I work for my wife, and she's always like, don't say that. <laughs> Like we work together, you know, and I, and I'm honored that she keep she she keep sees me as part of it rather than just like one of the staff. Exactly, you know, and like she's we always you know bounce ideas. I'm the first person to see the new print designs, mm. and I'm always the first person she asks for my opinion. And, and like we don't always agree, but like we're there through the creative process mm. from both from my, from my studio practice and hers, you know. And it's like if she's not, I mean, really, it's like she's 
if she's not into what I'm doing, then like, I, I really, if she's not pleased, like I, that's, I have to revise it, you know? Mm. Like, I mean, I really, her opinion means the most to me. <laughs> Sometimes there's a lot of, un- <laughs> there's a lot of unsolicited advice from him too. That like, I'll be working on something on my computer and he'll be like, can I give you a suggestion? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I do appreciate his feedback, but you know, not all the time. <laughs> so, um, the concept shop is happening. How much input? Like, is it all you, Amy, or? Um. <laughs> well, if I need him to do something for me, I ask him. No, he's gonna have. I mean, I'm so excited to have his sculpture in there. Mm. Um. Uh. But he's got ideas. He's brought in um one of our friends who's an artist who does uh audio and he he does like experimental music and he was like oh you know what if we brought in jimmy joe's like art tapes and i'm like that's a great idea like i love that and then you know skateboarding is a huge um inspiration for both of us i mean johnston's been in interested in skating and skate culture and so have i our kids skate and we uh we printed skate decks back in richmond and uh, that was really fun so we decided that we're going to do that in the space too almost like um our our prints on skate decks johnston will print which would be like a cool collaborative thing between the two of us mm. um so yeah there's definitely like we're working on this together for sure mm. um I see it as a, it's a collaborative project, definitely. Yeah. Do you think? Do your kids think you guys are cool? I think so. <laughs> I think that. I mean, they. Yeah, they think I, we're fun. I, they think we're fun. We recently, our oldest had to um, came back from school with a project, and it was what. what what do you love about um, your life right now? And he said, "Fun parents." Oh. So that made me pretty happy. Um, but they're so involved in everything and we want them to be involved in the business, you know, like they've got some good ideas too. I look at some of their drawings and I'm like, I'm going to steal that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, that's a good idea. Dutch. I like take that. They're always giving me ideas for sculptures that I should make. And Mm. they, you know, it's, they're always intrigued with what I'm dragging into the studio. Yeah, I was going to say, do they ever follow you when you're you know, picking up stuff? for? Yeah, I mean, they always have said, oh, dad, do you want this? Or I saw this on the street. Or like, dad, is it garbage day today? Like, I mean, <laughs> they know like what I'm doing or what I'm thinking about. And they're always intrigued with whatever I'm building and making. And like, mm. they're, um, I mean, it's kind of, they don't know any different really, but they, I think they do realize that it's not completely normal that, you know, dad stays out till midnight every night building weird garbage sculptures, you know, and they, they're always intrigued by what it is. And Mm. like that, you know, they're so proud to wear clothing that their mother makes them, Mm. you know, or has, or or designs for them. Like they're, Mm. it's not, they know it's different and they know that it's like unique and they, they're, they rock their clothes out. Like they, they, they think it's really special. Especially the baby with his suspenders are like, I think oh, yeah, he's so stylish. Yeah, they definitely vibe off that kind of thing. Um, and, the, you know, like for me, like I'm super inspired by their art. It's so free. And you're a kid, you don't unschooled. Mm. You know, they're like little outsider artists, you know, and it reminds me of like when I was a kid and 
that's like when you really when you're a child and you're or a teenager and you're like you kind of hit your your moment there where you know what you want and mm. like and it's like you always go back to that so i just i love watching them and i love watching them like make art and and draw and their ideas are so like free it's pretty incredible i i would like to do a print collaboration with with dutch our middle child like he's got some really cool ideas and we've, we've talked about that and we're always like guys make stuff we'll put it in the shop like, <laughs> put in your college tuition fund <laughs> <laughs> do you think they'll go to art school too or probably one of i don't know they're really into uh comic books mm. really into comic books they're really into um movies uh they're interested in like uh acting Um, they're really into gaming too so they like they want to learn to code and oh. they're definitely like leaning towards their interests as far as no one says they want to be an engineer or a, mm. uh, a lawyer or, <laughs> yet, which we probably get. does that make you guys feel happy um secretly yeah, you know it's interesting though <laughs> i like them to make some money yeah you know, <laughs> the business could use a lawyer and an accountant <laughs> you know how could we send them to come back to us you know because i you know it's interesting because it's like we i think we followed our passions and we've been successful because we've been all in from mm. the very beginning not to be said that there hasn't been struggles and there still aren't you know it's like and we've had a lot of support and help along the way and both of our parents are like have always been do it you love and and do it well we'll always be there to, to support you and help you and mm. um But at the same time, I'm not like, you know, it isn't easy, you know, and it's not always practical. And my, I've had my ups and downs with my career because it's like, you know, I've been very lucky to sell sculpture and make a living off of it. But that it's not continuous all the time. Mm -hmm. And the art market is very strange and weird and very tumultuous and has its ups and downs. And Amy has been she's the practical one. Like she took her talent and her skills and her creativity and she made something much more concrete and substantial that is works on a in that works in a economy really really for and people and it's continuous and it's we employ people and mm. like it's amazing where my practice is like very selective and it's it's not an easy game to play mm -hmm. and i don't want my kids like i know how struggle how, what a struggle it is you know mm -hmm. and so i don't want to see them struggle but i'm not going to say like don't follow your dreams mm -hmm. you know like my, my whole thing though with them is like work hard like if you want to succeed you have to work your ass off like I work until midnight every night, I put you to sleep, and I'm constantly thinking, I mean, I don't know how healthy it is, but, like, I love it, I'm obsessed with it, and I'm just like, you can do whatever you want to do, but be prepared to work insanely hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, your dad is in his studio, like, he works and prints all day, puts you guys to bed, goes into his studio, works till midnight, is up at six to make you guys breakfast, like, it's just constant, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it's... But we love it. You know, like, that, I that's love the it. thing. Like, we love it, and that—that's that, kind of what I want to instill in them. I mean, I grew up. I saw my dad work his ass off to get to where he is now, and it was really inspiring. It's a completely different operation that he has going on, but like, I have to do the same to make it work for me. Mm. I just want our kids to 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 know that that's work hard and be nice to people like that's my motto like, oh nice you know okay i'm gonna for for both of you i'm gonna end with this question right um how do you make you work 
as a partnership and different bandit. How do, how we make our work? You two work together as a partnership, just uh, the two of you, and make the fan bandit work. Um, kind of goes hand in hand. I, I don't really see a difference. Yeah, I, I really don't. I mean, our lives, creatively and business wise, and family life, are so integrated yeah. that they just—it's all a big, beautiful mess at mm-hmm. this point. And it's like you know we're balancing the kids and domestic duties and then our own creative endeavors and then the business side of thief i mean it's all like yeah one. i mean we have like goals with i mean i have goal like we want to i mean COVID is now but traveling is something that we really were looking forward to doing with the kids and like i think make flash forward five years if we could like if johnston has an art show and like out in california we'll bring the kids with us like we really all really want to go to japan like that's oh man i want to go to japan too okay let's go go (laughs) um and then you know but just like okay how can we make it a business trip at the same time Mm. like can i do a pop-up shop there i mean you know and it's just it's bringing the kids on board with that as well you know it's 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 really fun i feel like they I feel like they're pretty excited and into it, but it's all, yeah, it's one big, beautiful mess. And it's 100%. like from the very beginning too, it's like Amy had spoke about in her interview how, you know, Wolfgang was four months old and he was in the car and we did a, a craft show fair in California. We drove from LA all the way to San Francisco and back. And like, you know, like we've, it's been, it's been yeah. mixed. You know, and, and I can't even imagine it. It was wild. And no, we think about it now and we're like, what were we thinking? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's from the very beginning, they've been riding shotgun with the business mm. and with everything. And it's like, you know, she had spoken before about how when she found out we were going to have our first son, that it really kicked her motivation into high gear to like, okay, I've got to take what I've started and make it work. And mm. it's kind of been in that mode ever since. And then, you know, two more brothers followed and they were just, we're all in this together. And um, it, it's like, it, it's all, it all operates as one really. I mean, mm. it, it's, and it's, it's got, it's, it's can be stressful, but it's really fun. And beautiful and they the kids love it like they're they're along for the ride you mm. know? as long as you're having fun and loving what you do and working hard at it mm-hmm. sky's the limit nice. thank you so much for coming on the podcast like you know um, I mean, it was great having you individually and then having you together kind of seeing it work is like having my mind run so i'll talk to you about stuff yeah. thank you so thank much you. thank you it's been a pleasure